day and or good evening. <laughs> Welcome back to Rejuvify. Today's topic is about emotion heightened learning. What role does emotion play in the process of learning? And how can we use it to advantage to enhance the learning process? By a factor of a bazillion and kabazillion. Let's stick right in. Mmm. Mmm. That beat. Mmm. <laughs> Welcome back. It's good to be here with you once again. Man, I'm trying to talk quiet because uh, my cousins are sleeping. I wanted to say my nephews, but they're my cousins. But they're um, pretty young. They're like three years old and 18 months old something like that i just made those things up those are approximations not accurate but could get away with it um what inspired the topic today um, about emotion height learning is when i was in sydney for the past two weeks in a bit um and i saw the way koreans learn English um, uh, they have a way of going about it as a whole country and also the way we learn in general um, we're often very focused on the how-to's and the techniques what to say and how to say it how to write that we totally forget or give very little attention to what sort of emotional state we're in which um, can greatly influence our perceptions of uh, our creativity of our um, self-perception of whether we feel like we can or we're not i mean emotion to break the word down is energy in motion and uh it's got a lot of energy to either um propel us forwards or hold us back and act as a barrier and also other people people's perception of um, and expectations as well as our own expectations and our perceptions of ourselves i remember when i was at the sydney airport i was traveling overseas i had been um, overseas for over three months um, and I was on my way back and I was um, in, at the Australian Customs I had to go either through you know Australian citizen or tourist and there was a lot of um, big group of Chinese um, tourists coming into Australia and this lady who was in charge of you know segregating the line to Australian and so non-Australians she treated me as if I spoke zero English, you know, she asked, like, English or no English, and, like, I was a little tired at the time, but I was just surprised by, I was like, like, what? <laughs> no, nothing, no English came out, I was just like, in, in the hindsight, I was like, wow, her, just the way she treated me and expected me to speak zero English actually 
um, in that moment make me feel stupid, like dumb and stupid. <laughs> I should have been like, I can speak with ease and grace and adequacy. Mm, woman, <laughs> look at me. Uh, anyways, um, that didn't happen because the emotional state and that interaction and reaction was um <laughs> and i think that's the big gap between when um people learn a new language and are shy to try it out and that's fair enough at the start but um we got to remember most of conversations is exchange of emotions not just the information so I think that's really worthwhile to um, look into the role emotion plays on the process of learning. And in this specific uh, example that kick-started this uh, contemplation of mine, learning a new language, English, and the learning process is like all other process, really, process of mastery. Um, but I think learning a language is a good one, good example, because um, at the start, you're learning the alphabets, the words, the sentences, and how it fits in sentences. And you've got to really learn the basics and build from ground up. Um, but at a point, you really want it to be second nature, subconscious, and automatic. You don't want to be thinking about planning ahead about what you're going to say, what, because really that just puts you in your head in a social um, context and uh, you're just not in the flow. There is a delay between what you feel, what you want to express, and then it has to go through the prefrontal cortex um, to think it through I mean you just want to say it with without a filter to put it very simply otherwise you you know miss the moment to say certain things you you know you got to be able to feel the rhythm of conversation especially in the group setting um, and I think that's where the difficulty is you can learn all the you know language skills but in application um, it's really about empathy and the capacity to be in other person's position, uh, the cultural background, um, upbringing, and just the mood, you know, in general. Um, those things are a lot more important in connecting with other person um, beyond the language skills, because you can go to a different country where they where you both, um, you know, <laughs> limited and communicating verbally, but your intention is felt. For example, when I was in Mexico and this guy picked up me and my friends when we were hitchhiking in Mexico, gosh, <laughs> Mexico. Anyways, um, and led us into his house and looked after, after us, fed us these... Um, um uh, cashew tacos you know the intention was felt that he was 
just happy to see these two young dudes just traveling his country with uh, poquito espanol and um, yeah just living it and he just wanted to contribute to that and add it and his family was happy to have us and um, yeah so in communication what really matters is intention and the capacity pull for empathy yeah and also the willingness to understand and accept the other person and yourself in a given situation at all times total acceptance let's talk why that's important because uh well it's the basis for the willingness to learn if you're in denial about what's happening now currently or whatever has happened in the past then that could be a big factor in holding one back from the learning process and uh, in resistance to the present moment so that's where we want to start total acceptance as an emotional state yes and that requires radical honesty radical honesty with oneself seeing myself as I am um, before I project to seeing myself as I want to be we want to be you know totally accepting and that means non-judgmental of ourselves <laughs> yeah not giving ourselves the whip or the canes or you know I'm not good enough all the self-talk that needs to be on the way out <laughs> self-judgment um, you know just over criticizing oneself beating oneself up for what's happened you know yeah I mean also the opposite can be true and you can be delusional about <laughs> yourself and you know everything I do is for me egocentric and um, yeah sort of a narcissistic behavior but um, let's look at <laughs> well yeah we can see both sides we can look at both sides so being radically honest what does that mean well it's start it's you can start by unlearning the things we learn so being aware of the self thoughts our habitual patterns especially emotional patterns on the topic you know what is sort of our default mode we fall back to um, is it apathy <laughs> it could even be apathy I, I know a lot of men who will just alternate between showing no emotion apathy and anger and uh if they have like martial arts or sports it's a good way to get that anger out um and i think in that controlled environment and uh where it's okay to sort of 
compete and um, <laughs> quote unquote step with other people and actually yeah, the, the competition helps them excel um, but I think the best competition is the competition with yesterday's you just being a little bit better every day I think that's good <laughs> what is this laugh? <laughs> that's a bit fake what am I, Hollywood? Hmm. Um, okay I just paused myself there to pause recording and start again but I caught myself from being self-judgmental about being Hollywood <laughs> and that's okay sometimes I'm not funny and uh, that's alright <laughs> that's totally okay I used to be so serious um, when I was first okay Here's a bit of my story. When I was first learning to accept myself, accept what has happened, what is going on, um, over the period of, you know, traveling on my own for over a year, and also um, discovering the inner programs that had been instilled in me through education, upbringing of culture, family, and um, media, and some of the things I didn't like seeing in myself and I actually despised <laughs> and was really uncomfortable um, constantly just in this hypertension sort of thing um, my friend Jake who was in Mexico with me really suffered through that <laughs> I was just so serious zero sense of humor and no relaxation um and that, I mean, I sort of went into the traveling with an intention that it'll be a process of learning about myself, learning about the world, um, and discovering the inner world as well as the outer. And, um, yeah, it, I guess I, yeah, I had the luxury of being able to take time off studies didn't work and uh, didn't live a luxurious lifestyle so I was okay with just putting a tent on school overall and just sleeping there at the night or you know washing my hair at like a um, national park um, public bathrooms in the sink and stuff in the freezing winter of New Zealand things like that so I was just young had you know lots of energy was um, still young Pff, what am I talking <laughs> what was young geez um, they say you know 60s young nowadays so I'll be young for a while we'll be young for a while yeah, oh yeah. So yes, being honest with oneself. You can do it. We can all do it. <laughs> it won't kill you. You know, it, at the end of the day, it's just thoughts. And thoughts can't physically hurt you. <laughs> just don't act on them. If they're not benign thoughts. If they aren't gentle thoughts just observe them and be like oh 
okay, that's that. Mm, yeah, some crazy thoughts will come up it, when I go through about my day. And I think a bit, yeah, everyone has those thoughts, right? <laughs> I think a difference between a psychopath and myself is that I wouldn't act on them. I just watch it. I used to like, oh, think I'm a bad person for having these thoughts, but um, they are just <laughs> um, sort of part of the human condition, part of the human psyche is really um, disgusting and horrid. Yeah. And uh, that included accepting myself totally radical honesty of the shadow side of the human psyche and not projecting out there and um yeah condemning other people who do act it out because they lack the morality or the objectivity and um yeah uh carried away by their madness crazy thoughts that's okay okay well back on topic about learning um i want to bring us to a way of thinking way of feeling um during the learning process so often we feel that if only if i can get this then i'll feel good and we want to reverse that process instead of thinking once I learn this skill once I get this job once I get this set amount of money once I get this girl once I get this guy once I just can't do this then I'll be good enough I'll start feeling good and I'll be set <laughs> well the thing is we get to whatever the thing we want to get and then it sort of relieves the pressure um, so we feel sort of the the block to stopping us from feeling good has been removed and it's only a mental cue it's a mental um, construction we had created for ourselves to if we reach this point then can feel good right and we we will feel good for a moment but the thing is the way we go about the process of learning hasn't changed meaning if i get this then i'll feel good so then from that place the feeling good doesn't last and then now because um, one's learning procedures is get this to feel good and until then you're not good enough you can't feel good you don't deserve it <laughs> and should feel guilty for being lazy yeah so we want to reverse that process to if I feel good I'll be more likely to succeed and um, get the thing with ease with less tension 
and the process itself actually becomes enjoyable and you can have wider vision of different ways to make it happen you know find the path of least resistance like water which ironically have to start you got to train yourself to <laughs> do the thing you resist like a cold shower in winter just jumping in the beach um during a wind you know windy winter time until you feel no resistance in the water and you're actually enjoying it in the middle of winter while well, our Australian winters you know nothing like the European or <laughs> other winters um but yeah just things like that you know fasting for a day three days seven days then it just becomes easy um and taking the easy making things easy takes on a whole different meaning because um it doesn't just mean staying in the comfort zone for you actually being out of the comfort zone it becomes the new comfort zone you know and you enjoy it just bringing on the challenge and uh constant improvement growth oriented mindset and the feeling of i can rather than it's too late to learn or i'm born this way <laughs> yeah therefore unable to learn which brings us to the topic of identity our self perception and belief about oneself and the habitual patterns and programs we may not even be aware of uh that are taking place but i imagine if you listen this far and you um interested in this topic you would be somewhat um you know self aware about the way you have been the way we think or say certain things um and that's a good way to be real good way to be but i'm here to help you accelerate that process just put it on the rocket yes so just to finish off the um what I was talking about if i feel good then we'll are more likely to improve faster succeed and enjoy the process rather than if i get this i'll feel good <laughs> oh because the participation of activity itself is the reward not the results we will get at the end does it make sense so rather than basing our um self-worth and happiness on the results which is you know influenced by so many factors that are out of our control there's only so many things we can control and the some of the few things we can control being um our inner perception of ourselves what we choose to see what we choose to how we see ourselves yeah and uh, process <laughs> yeah i mean it's for example when you're playing sports or 
creating art or um, studying something, learning something. It is a privilege in itself to be able to do that. So rather than And I guess, ironically, that's how you get to the top. <laughs> you know, not worrying about getting to the top and just really being immersed, fully immersed in the process and the activity at hand that you enter what in psychological terms call a flow state. And the highly technical skills feel so easy in that place and enjoyable. I remember... Um, as an acrobat, as a martial arts tricker, um, when I go do some tumbling, for example, and I do like a round off back handspring and back layout with a triple twist. I mean, that took years and years to learn. It's you're going upside down, maintaining momentum and uh, not letting the body loose, but not to tense. So strong core, and you initiate twist by rotating your arms in the air after you've set yourself up, and then hold that twist tighter and tighter. Three spins, and then you land on your feet. It's quite, it can be a quite complex move, <laughs> and there's a lot of risk uh, in learning. You know, if you land short, you ankles, knees, um, and very frustrating, you know, but when you, even it's a very high level skill, doing it feels so good, you know, and it's, and it feels easy, you know, it's, it, you're not thinking, man, this is so difficult every time you do it, I mean, it's just up. It actually becomes automatic. It becomes automatic. It feels like when you enter a social flow as well, when a group or a talk, having a deep, meaningful conversation with another person and connecting on a deep level, it just feels as easy as that. You know, when you're sitting around the campfire and you're just bouncing off with your friends and um, just feel comfortable. Yeah, I guess maybe that's not a flow state in psychological term because the graph of flow is like a di increasing diagonally and one axis is the skill level required and the other axis is one skill level and as they both gradually increase, yeah, the flow state region is the diagonal so, I mean, you should look it up if you don't know what that looks like and more, look more into the flow state. There's a book called Flow and great book and a big factor in happiness. Yeah, and to live in that flow state. Mm, yes, that's what I'm aiming for nowadays. Just feeling good. I prioritize feeling great now because the reason I was just talking about reversing that um, learning process. Prioritize feeling good now. Total acceptance 
of the present moment and the past in order to be able to design and choose an inspiring future. Mm. Yes. Okay, well, and also about um, inspiration. Yeah, and heart in seeing the direction. Um, but paradoxically, in the process of learning, we want to be emotionally non-reactive to the small changes of the waves of up and downs um, of little setbacks or even achievements. We don't want to get over carried away because what may tend to happen is if we over celebrate uh, an achievement, <laughs> then that's that puts a pressure on the next move to do just as well. If not, um, then you're a failure sort of thing. So that's why it's best to feel inspired in the heart and in, you know, uplifted in setting one's direction, setting the compass. Um, and that process itself is a topic actually because you got to sort of revise and be aware of what you're inclined to, what you love doing, what is suitable, what is feasible um, in your point in life. Or maybe just throw out the rational and go completely with the gut feeling. Sometimes that works for a lot of people. Maybe it will for us all. <laughs> But the fear holds us back. <sighs> That's why being present, not thinking about the past or the future, get, gets rid of the fear in, in the flow state. And That's what we train to do in the process of mastery. Even in a social, just social setting, in a conversation, we just want to be present with the other person. We want the quality of time. Um, yeah. And the, just, yes, without foreign, just that intensity diluted down. I think a lot of kids crave it nowadays. I see it in my two cousins, baby cousins. They love just me there. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's good both ways. It's not just, um, yeah, the more you give, the more you have. Mmm, love this paradigm. It's emotional non-reactivity. To the little set-downs and achievements. And you just have this constant buzz of, I'm on the right path. And... I am supported by everyone that I come in encounter with. They're here to teach me something and share the this good feeling about just being alive at this short time we have on Earth, and uh, just get better and better every day. And even if we don't, that's okay. 
because we just feel good just being able to participate in this activity of life itself. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> that was a real good one. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm getting so proud of myself. I might have to stop myself from getting so proud. <laughs> I want to read us a quote. The desire for more positive experience is itself a negative experience and paradoxically the acceptance of one's negative experience itself is a positive experience. What a paradox. Seeking happiness itself implies lack of it and is a negative experience. But the total acceptance of yourself, including the negatives, is a positive experience. How easy is it then is to transform all our experiences? Quick snap of a finger, Thanos finger. Oh, um, yes, just all it requires is you don't even have to change the situation, just recontextualize to see everything occurring in one's life is being brought up to see something in ourselves that we weren't aware of and bring it into the light, into awareness. And we can learn something from it. Until we learn, it'll just keep coming up because what we resist tends to persist until we learn from it, until we've learned the lesson, then it can no longer upset us, it can no longer disturb us, emotionally just provoke us in that state of emotional non-reactivity, then, then you, you become a light for the world, baby, you dissipate tension and conflict all around you because you're not, re you're not fear feeding into the negative emotions, whatever other people may bring to you, or whatever comes inside of you, it does not matter where it comes from, it's what important is that, that it's come up to be dealt with and with emotional non-reactivity, oh, it just makes things like just such a smooth sail, even in the hailstorm, it just feels like, got this baby, just smooth sailing, even though it's storming. Can you picture that? Uh, someone just so calm and so chill, even in the midst of the storm. This is a story of uh, Jesus taking a nap on the boat while his disciples are just freaking out. And he was taking a nap, and he just comes out, you know, and the disciples are like, it's, it's, crazy you know out crazy condition out here can you do something and jesus like chill boys chill it's all good i got this and then he commands the storm to just stop when it stops just mm. whether you believe jesus to be true or not i remember i was out last sunday um with my friends friend's friend and uh yeah was in a clubbing environment and this girl was wearing like these fluffy christmas looking um ear what do you call it not earlobes <laughs> earrings they were big earrings 
I was like, they look nice on you. They're very colorful. And she's like, yeah, it's like Christmas. And he was like, yeah, thank you, Jesus. And she's like, oh, I don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> I was like, that's okay. And then she walked off. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> to believe that way in that moment. I accept you. I accept you for, yeah, ignorance. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's all right. But yes, just even if you don't believe, if it helps, it helps, you know, and there's something to to be learned in everything mm, to be enjoyed. Yes. Speaking of enjoyment, I wrote a song on my birthday quite recently, and I want to share it with you. I'll play that instead of the outro. Oh, I've kept this episode nice and short ish 36 minutes right yes last episode was like an hour and a half <laughs> and the previous episode before that was like i'm gonna try and make these shorter the next one an hour and a half but here we are okay so I'll play the music. I'm just searching it out. There it is. And um, I th in the next episode or a few after maybe, I'll be um, having my friend Jesse Baxter on the show as a co-host with me. We've been um, talking about it. We've been having great conversations. And it's so good to see him after about 10 months of being away from Brisbane. Oh, I did see, we did catch up in Melbourne while he was down. That was a wild night, a wild night, not to be talked about right now on this podcast. Um, <laughs> yes, oh man, I'm just getting pictures of um, like <laughs> naked flesh in the dark and out in public in the city streets of Melbourne. But we won't delve into that. But yes, Jesse, oh, he's studying psychology. He's just great, great guy. You gotta, you know, that guy that you gotta know and meet and in the life of the party. We lived together for several years, I think two, maybe even three years. And uh, yeah, we threw some great parties together. He's got a great dog, Houdini. Oh, love that dog. And I had a cat, Boomba. We lived together, but Boomba went and readopted itself to a different family, I think. Didn't come back home one day, and that's okay. <laughs> um, yes, I enjoyed for what it was. Mm, I think cats just know. Cats just know that it's time to go so that I can go overseas. And uh, yeah, I've learned my lesson to be non attached <laughs> anyways here's the music I hope you enjoy it yeah if you don't that's okay it's called it's my birthday alright enjoy and goodbye see you in the next episode <laughs>